All right. Well, yeah. yeah Welcome so. back to the podcast. Uh, we'll try to go ahead and, and get this rolling a little bit faster. I know last week we kind of spent a lot of time getting everything set up, which is fair, but I want to make sure that we have enough time to really dive into the two albums. I think last time we kind of uh, kind of rushed at the end, and we kind of spent more time on one album than the other. Yeah, so for sure. We'll try to get into it, but before that, I have one question for you, Kevin. What's up? Other than the albums that we did for this week, what have you been listening to? Um, you know, oddly enough, uh, half my week was spent listening to like trap music. Like Rap Caviar on Spotify is one that allows me to kind of keep one foot in the the trend of what the kids is listening to, right? Um, and I haven't listened to that for like weeks. Like, is rap caviar even like what the kids are listening to? Because I feel like what the kids are listening to is more like Jaden and Corpse and like more know. alt pop punk with 808s type stuff. I mean, maybe. I, I really don't know. I just, I, I know that like, dude, maybe, maybe this is a testament to how out of touch I am. I think I know where. Yeah. I think I know how to get in touch and it's, and it's a miss. Yeah. Well, because I thought rap caviar was for dudes who like, listen to Drake and work at like a car detailing place. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't know. It could go either but way. Anyway, but I've been listening I'd to love rap to caviar. be corrected. To answer your question. Rap caviar. I've been okay, listening to cap- okay. rap caviar. And then in the last like two days, I got on a really big classic rock kick, but then it kind of shifted into the kind of like soft, weird acoustic, like soft classic rock like Eric Clapton later in his career. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? And like As you were saying, yeah. Yeah. And then I got into like Bruce Bunch of Neil Diamond for sure, yeah. <laughs> Neil Diamond, yeah. So it it's it's been a weird it's been a weird mix. But I, I mean I did I have been listening to this album. I, I actually it's interesting because on our first one I listened to um the bring me the horizon album i think like adequately probably one and a half times if that makes sense but yeah. i've listened through this album for this week probably like five times so like a, oh yeah so like uh, a good portion of this of of my week as you your question was asking is has actually been this album all right perfect well hey we'll, we'll, we'll get into it yeah. but um for for me this week um most of it was just kind of uh i, I sat down the other week and i kind of made an effort to rank the releases from this year. So I kind of had an idea of like what I was considering my top albums, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I have a little playlist. that's just like, yeah, I, I went all chody and I like top 20 for 2020. Right. So I was kind of getting through that, just kind of revisiting some of the songs that came out the first half of the year that I haven't gotten into. Were you doing into. songs or were you doing albums? For I did 20? a playlist just for 20 songs. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. Okay. But did, in addition uh, to that, did meth, Witch make it on there, dude, dude, I, I could go on a tangent about how Methwitch makes me feel how metal did the first time when I was in junior high oh, like and how edgy. much I love it. Yeah. Dude, it's like actually unnerving and scary and weird and I'm not going to not going to go on a tangent, but just suffice yeah. it to say that if you if you like very extreme metal subgenres but you also like the production to be good, I cannot recommend Indwell, the 2020 release from Methwitch enough. It's one dude. It's a one man band, which is insanity. To oh, me, is but... it really? I mean, that yeah, makes, the... it. It seems a lot. It, it seems digitally creative, or like there's real instruments, but it seems like it's not like a band playing together. 
You know what yeah, I mean? well, you also got like 45 seconds into it before you I, had to okay, shut it Okay, that was a bit of an exaggeration. I, I, I got 45 seconds into the first song and then skipped. The second song wasn't as bad, and then yeah. third and fourth just trailed off. And I was like, I'm The bad. way that I was going to describe it to you, but I was afraid that it would make you not want to check it out, is that um, uh, you know those self-portraits that people with dementia paint? <laughs> <laughs> or like, Or like that one classic thing that was like floating around Facebook, you know, when it first started getting popular of like the artist who got dementia and did a self-portrait over the course of years and it's just like slowly yeah, dude, divulged into madness. It's like the music equivalent of the tape from The Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, that album's fucking wild. Yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I can't... It's it's so heavy I can't listen to it at work because it seriously takes too much of my brain power. Right, and like I feel like it would coincide with the people that like listening to like murder serial killer podcasts and shit. No, because that's all like white girls who adopt pit bulls. Yeah, that's fair. Any... This is more like yeah. This is this is almost more like people who are into like uh, like death heaven, like hipster black metal. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's more that vibe. Gotcha. But big recommend on Meth Witch. But what I also have a big recommend on is Homesick. Are we jumping into Homesick or are we doing yeah. the card of three? Let's do let's do Homesick first. I think. Okay. That's a good yeah. way to go. You want to um, take it away with uh, yeah. kind of your overall so thoughts? So going into this, I mean, not only was this something that I heard at the time um, when I was really because I actually did not really hear it until because later. I had a friend who was very much into it, and I remember hearing Mr. Highways thinking of the end and like what seventh grade eighth grade or sixth grade something like that um and i remember like vividly being in his living room uh, on one of those like middle school sleepovers and hearing this and being like what the hell is this like this is like war drums at the at the time because i had never heard anything like it and so i i I had been exposed to this so like i i've 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 heard some of the songs off this album for forever then, when I got more into heavy music in college, I had heard this, like these songs as like callbacks either at shows or like in preparation to go see them on like the This Is uh, a Day to Remember playlist on Spotify or, you know, any of these type of things. But the, it was hitting on all of the hits. So going into it, I've heard Downfall of Us All a thousand times. I've heard Hi- Mr. Highways a thousand times. I've he- I've heard the uh the um if it means a lot to you a thousand times, right? So yeah, probably have faith in me once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Um So going into it, I was like, well, this album is famously, you know, kind of like touted as one of the best and most like foundational albums for metalcore and and i mean and specifically because i know someone's gonna say specifically for that like warp tour scene music metalcore right you know like we're not trying to talk about the 2001 early 2000s misery signals you know and it uh, wouldn't have made such a kind of thing just i need i need to acknowledge it but yeah for the warp tour that whole thing incredibly like monumental album yeah. right and it wouldn't have made such a splash if the on, only the songs that i have heard were good if that makes sense yeah um, so i was like i was very excited to really like look into the other ones especially like i w- one thing when i was looking at the the song list for the album that i that i realized uh was i'd never heard the song 
homesick. You yeah. Know, for like, for which the album is named, and so I was just I was I was interested. Um, starts off with the almost like almost like a jaded feeling to Downfall of Us All because I've heard it so many goddamn times. Yeah. Um, no, uh, for sure. And, yeah. And, and it was almost like <laughs> I've almost approached this album in tears, if that makes sense. Like different tiers uh, of, of involvement. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because yeah. like when I first like first first introduction, it was just Mr. Highway's thing at the end. Then second introduction was like downfall of us all and if it means a lot to you. And then third introduction, ca- like casually absorbing it, was like I heard songs like uh, "I'm Made of Wax, Larry," and you know, but I'd never heard any of these other songs. And so I, I feel like I've digested this album in waves. Um, so this time, took the time to listen to it um so it, I, I want to gain from you some context behind maybe what was going on in, in the band members lives at the time things like that because i didn't look into all of that uh but i have some standout favorites um that i want to discuss uh i think I'll, I'll go i'll approach this a little bit differently than the last time i think i'm going to jump around a little bit um, okay. I think. Yeah, I will say right off the bat, I have a lot less kind of background info to give you. Right. Um, I was I was more prepared for Bring Me last week just because they had done a lot of interviews and they had kind of very clearly like, here's a video on each song about what exactly it's about. There's more kind of that resource. Right. Um, so the best I can do is kind of infer, but I do know like, I I, I can do a certified context of like, what the fans think about the album now and at the time. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So standout favorite from the deep cut, right? I think my, my if, if I'm going away from this album and having to pick one song, um, I probably am going with Mr. Highways just because of the context in which I heard it, the nostalgia it brings, how heavy it is, uh, the memeage that surrounds it. Um, yeah, but dude, the... I yeah, was approaching the, this album the, for the deep there's some, this time. There's some classic top text, bottom text. Right. <laughs> Mr. Highway's meme floating yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, my favorite one that was not of that was actually Welcome to the Family. Um, Dude, Welcome to the Family is so good. Yeah. And yeah. that actually, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it as we go through, but that is one of the three songs that has a featured artist. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... I know for a fact they're not listed on Spotify, but I think even on my physical copy, it doesn't mention the features. Really? Yeah, because I'm seeing it here on Genius that as I have it up. Who is Vincent Bennett? He is the front man for the Acacia String. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Because I, I don't know if how much he contributed to it uh, in terms of the actual... Like, I don't know if he just got slapstick verse or if he was like co-writer of the song i know that it has him cited on the bridge but i just i think that this sounds a little bit different and i like kind of the heaviness of it without it it almost felt like the you know the the lesser known sister of mr highway you know what i mean um in my notes for this song i kind of mentioned that i think this might have the widest range of heavy to melodic yeah Makes sense. Uh, I mean, the, as far as like the biggest like, oh excuse me, the biggest like transitions between you know, mm-hmm. um, I think there are songs that are heavier and songs that are more melodic. But I think this one has the most like jarring transitions. Mm-hmm. 
they work, but I mean, I definitely like you could point to these as being like a huge weird switch. Gotcha. Um, my least favorite song off the album was another song about the weekend. It just it felt as though at, because I did listen to the album in sequential order both times that I did, um, and yeah. it just seemed like at the at that point the kind of like jovial rock back and forth driving down the highway like kind of nasally upbeat type thing that shit kind of just got old um it, it, it feels i don't know if you can recall offhand but it feels a lot like the track homesick yeah i mean like just musically it has a very sort of similar like um melodic and light but uh kind of punky drum beat with the verses and then the chorus is very sing-songy very kind of swaying back and forth um so I, I, for me, I like this one a little bit more than Homesick, just because for some reason I never loved the track Homesick, but I think objectively the, these two songs are pretty similar. I think Homesick is probably the better one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have greater... I'm also a sucker for like weird, melancholy, melodic breakdowns. Yeah. And this one kind of has that kind of somber, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. who is? Do you know who Mike? Her. Mike Hranica is the vocalist of The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay. So he's on Made of Wax, Larry, What Are You Made Of? Um, and it's interesting that uh, it, it, I'm reading here on Genius. The third track of this album, Homesick, title is named after the line Theodore Roosevelt says to Larry Daly in the movie Night at the Museum. Yep. So yeah, that's... that was one thing I was curious about. Is like, what? Where did this title come from? Because they never say that at all in uh. In oh yeah, no, that's like, I could I could give you just, I could talk for no shit an hour without breaks of just ridiculous '08 era song titles. Yeah. Cause are they... And it's funny that Mike Karanik is on this track because The Devil Wears Prada has some of the dumbest ones ever. Oh really? Are they just yeah. like? It's just some wacky. shit they thought they'd be funny that yeah. doesn't have anything to do with the lyrics. I gotcha. And now, and now it just kind of looks almost like <laughs> it's almost like fermented humor because it got it was funny and then it got unfunny and now it's funny again. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, the I, I wanted to get some context of just to talk about the album. Like I was not of age to be in the scene when this album came out so i'm curious like what was before this and what changed after it because i assume this was like what people in the scene were listening to for like two years after it came out religiously yeah so i was not in the scene at the time you know us being the same age i wasn't that into it and also um it's something we might talk about with later albums once we get into like the truly genuinely out there heavy stuff but i used to be a massive like neckbeard about this stuff i used to only listen to metal i would not listen to anything that had singing in it and i didn't change that until like the end of our freshman year of college right so i did not hear this album in its like context at the time but just to kind of speak about where this kind of comes out in that whole warp tour history uh, so they had an album that came out before this. This is their third album, but their their second album, for those who have heart, did really well, um, and it was like super well received. I don't think it was like considered a cult classic at all. I think it was truly genuinely successful. Um, but I mean, this album just 
took it to an entire other realm of blending. I mean, it, if you think about Warp Tour, like the kind of bands that they bring on, it's going to either be like the metalcore crowd or the pop punk crowd or kind of that post hardcore crowd. Right. And this album was like just anyone who would like any band on Warp Tour in 2008 would like this album. Yeah. I keep saying 08, but this was 09. It, it almost like, regardless, it almost has that same. Uh, same fusion even today when you look at the crowd that shows up for their shows. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, you think about their set list now and they always have songs that are more, more straight pop punk and more straight, like kind of metal right. post hardcore. And there's always, you can tell the people that are there for like, which half of the set list, you know? Right. Um, and, and something else that I, I always think about with this album. And I actually, uh, I thought about it for, for Carter three a lot too. There's kind of this thing I always have to remind myself of, like, when you think about an artist that puts out this crazy, insane, massive record, it's always weird to me that, like, when they wrote the record, the record hadn't come out yet, you know? Right, exactly. Like, they, they wrote know. this when they were, uh, you know, off of For Those Who Have Heart, which was fine, but then, like, Homesick came out, and the band exploded through the, through the universe, you know? Right. Like, same thing I think about, like, Bring Me the Horizon reading, like, uh, writing... Sempaternal. Like, did they have any idea? I have to imagine they had no idea the extent to which that album would just annihilate everything. Right. It. it I can't imagine how if you had asked them prior to this versus after this. You know, you can you compare their lives. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, like, there's songs about, like, not, you know, it's literally called Homesick. Like, it's about being on the road, being away from your family. And then, like, after this, that would just <laughs> right. exponentially increase and refuse to slow down. Right. It's, it's, I, I imagine that they were sparsely headlining prior to this album. Maybe, you, you know, or at least yeah, didn't have. Yeah, headlined smaller rooms and stuff. Yeah. But, like, um, after this album came out... They, I think they would only go on to play Warp Tour like one or two many, two, one or two more times before right. they would like be too big for the festival. Right. Um, it's it's interesting how this this it almost seems like there's elements of this that it it, it kind of has the uh, the Die Hard effect, and what I mean by that is I had never seen Die Hard. Right, and in anticipation of watching Die Hard for the first time, I go, "Holy shit! Like this is like a foundational movie in the uh, in the the." Oh, the you're genre. talking about like what 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 Michael calls Matrix Syndrome? I I suppose I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, but it keeps saying what you're saying. I think where, it's the same thing. It's you know. So when I watched it, I was like, "Wait, this is just very." I'm I'm seeing all the same things that I've seen before, but it's not because they copied anybody it's that other people that i have heard copied the, this you know what i mean uh, yeah so the like, exact same thing right and like, so i i listened to this kind of like I, I don't know if you know a fan or like somebody who was very knowledgeable about the nuance would get on me for this but like the the gent thing i feel like is like the a backbone of a lot of, of a lot of their sound and I feel like I've heard all, like, I feel like there's more people doing, copying their sound now that I didn't know came from this album. Um, there's a lot of people that are copying the sound. I'll, I'll stop you with the gent thing, because that's kind of a more specific 
So I think I mean like the whole like chuggy guitar breakdown chuggy, thing. Chuggy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but but Gent's kind of a more it's specific. We can get into that whole fucking thing later. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, though, just as far as the whole idea of like, we can make a metalcore song and have these screamed core or screamed verses and these sang choruses, but the sang choruses don't have to be like these like melodic tough guy metal choruses like the early 2000s metalcore and they also don't have to be the like real kind of high-pitched soaring a lot of people say whiny kind of style the other bands they can just be pop punk they can be a whole other thing was was definitely like a super new idea mm-hmm. and i think that you would start to see a lot of pop punk bands kind of bring a little bit more of like a post hardcore flavor into their lyrics or into their their music and i think you'd also start to see a lot more metalcore bands just trying to write these massive choruses because before it was you know the choruses were there and they served their purpose but i think after homesick they would there were a lot of bands that would shift their sound to put way more of an emphasis on the choruses right yeah uh so that was wax Larry. yeah um thoughts on other tracks um yeah so i really liked how they like i feel like the going into it I was I saw that Homesick was not one of the more popular songs off of this album, um, and I thought that maybe that it being like the title track, right? Um, I thought that maybe it wouldn't be good, but I was not disappointed with it. Um, it just a lot of their songs reminded me of like the fir- like the first concert I went to was in the Day to Remember show, first heavy concert. Um, and it reminded me of like the fucking balloons and and uh, or not the balloons like the beach balls and the confetti and the lights and the like the euphoria, especially like in a time where we haven't been to concerts in like nearly a fucking year. Uh, it just a lot of the happier sounding things. It wasn't it wasn't dark. It almost it just felt like a party of an album, um, which is yeah, kind of contrasted by its like its album art. Like I thought, yeah. That is like some of the most iconic album artwork, right? With, and like certainly within the genre, just of all time. You know, there's one, there's there's a dude that I know. Uh, aside from this, there's a dude that I know that he's like really like dark and edgy and like you know like likes to be serious and stuff like that. And he has the this album art tattooed on his arm, you know. And I'm like, you know, maybe maybe the songs that I had heard before were just like kind of an out of context clip of a of a album that was more dark and more like uh emotional and more like uh i don't know sorrowful you know type of thing or something of deeper and it just i i was not i felt more happy listening to this album than i felt sad yeah uh i think partly i think that that's just the context i think 12 years later it's like some of the heavy parts are almost kind of goofy now not right. you know that they, not that they detract but you know it's a lot of times the heavier parts can just kind of make me smile just right. as, a, as a reaction. But I do think that there is a lot in this album that is very emotional. I think the lyrics, there's a big sense of, of, of longing and, you know, and I think calling it homesick was definitely intentional. I do think there's a lot there emotionally, but uh, pulling on that, that kind of pop punk inspiration that they have, it does stay, it stays pretty light musically. But I mean, even like most pop punk is relatively emotional relatively introspective like 
there's kind of that whole wave of, of bands that get labeled as like sad boy pop punk, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's there's something to kind of that aspect of why it is still kind of you know fits it, with the the album artwork in that kind of way. And I'll take it back. Like it's almost it's almost less that I didn't think it was. I was not surprised how unemotional it was. I don't think it was unemotional. I think if you were to like read the lyrics as you know in the style of like prose and just read it as poetry, I think you would come away with. Uh, a more grim outlook but i think it's the thing that i picked up on was like how i thought a lot of the songs were juxtaposed in the sense that like it felt very jovial it felt like a party it felt it felt like you know kind of moshing with you know that similar atmosphere that i experienced during their first concert um and you know there there are some like have you know like you were saying that the feelings of longing and and i mean the album is called homesick i assume it's like you know they had as a band they had yet to really reach the point that they wanted to reach but they were putting in the hours to do so so it was either like a make or break moment where you know either this band kind of makes two albums the third one's not that great and then they kind of just fade into obscurity or they really take the grand stage and be you know uh a you know front runner of the of the genre at the time and so they were probably feeling a little bit of that like uh band angst that you do when you go on the road together missing your family i assume they're all from i don't know much about the band but from this album i gathered that they were all kind of from like a either small either small towns or at least small social circles and they they're were from like, uh ocala florida which is like People have only ever heard of Ocala if they're into horse racing, because like a lot of horses are bred there. Okay. Um, but it is, for context, like a little bit larger than my hometown. I see. Yeah. So like a lot of it is like you know, um, I'm going to leave and I'm not coming back. Uh, I'm going to miss you all, but I have to go do these things to be who I am. You know. And there's. Yeah, and I think that the the, the title track Homes that kind of right. captures that a lot. Right. It's like, um, there's a lot of pain I have here. There's a lot of happiness and good memories I have here. Despite all of it, I got to go and make new... Yeah, I mean, downfall, you know. Mm-hmm. Meet me out past the train tracks, I'm leaving and not coming back. Right. Um, a couple other songs I want to point to for a specific kind of feedback. Uh, what do you think of NJ Legion Ice-T? Um, let me, let me think about it. So... Because I guess I can speak it. Yeah, to, yeah. to me, I think that that might be the most underrated song on the album. I don't think it's the best one, but I just never hear anyone talking about it. They hardly ever play it live. At some point in their career, they've played basically... At some point in their career, they've had almost every other track on this album in like the normal rotation. Except for maybe like another song and holding it down. Mm-hmm. But I think that NJ Legion Ice-T is so good i just i think I, that I it's it's one of the i do like that one i had to i had to remind myself of this yeah i think that it's got kind of the most i don't know just the way it sounds it's got the most like longing like sad kind of melancholy atmosphere to it as much as the band can do that with like their their very upward pop punky kind of kind of nature right. but i kind of liked how the chorus remained heavy yeah in a way well, the, the yeah, the, the verses, yeah. yeah, like it, it felt like the the guitar and bass and drums were all doing something uh, heavy while he was singing melodically. 
Uh, and I kind of like that. It, it's one of the, yeah. It's one of the better melodies, I think. I had mentioned like the kind of sad, melancholic breakdown thing for um, another song about the weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. But this song's fucking breakdown. It just it fits into the whole soundscape so perfectly. I mean, it's if you were to take it without, without any context, it's like a very bog standard, you know, open note, palm mute breakdown. There's nothing crazy about it, but just the way it's sat within the arrangement and the way that it's led into, it just, it's this really, compared to the rest of the song, really heavy part, but it just makes me feel sad. And I just love that they were able to, like, get the atmosphere around it to... To kind of make you contemplate in the way that the song is about contemplating and kind of reflecting. It's, yeah, it's this weird, like, they managed to make it sound so bittersweet. And I've just always loved that part. And it's always kind of, it's always kind of bummed me out that people don't talk about this song that much. Right. Um, I, I think that of of the tracks on here that I was identifying as the deep cuts that I've never heard of, um nj legion ice tea and the welcome to the family i think were probably my my standouts of the of the deep cuts for me yeah i mean of the tracks that they're not going to play live anytime soon those are my favorite too for sure Uh, i would Uh, i would drop i would drop the uh like i said another song about the weekend you already know who you are these these types of songs holding it down for the underground um they were okay, you know. Yeah, um, I do want to get your thoughts on You Already Know What You Are, just, like, from the perspective of it being, like, 90 seconds, just kind of quick, heavy. Um, it's, I mean, it was a little bit less uh, a little bit less intricate, but I was curious, because that's kind of the most um, most solid taste, like, bog-standard metalcore you've gotten from these two albums. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like some of the songs, you know, one thing that um, I found interesting is that it seemed like they were intentionally writing an album to play live too, like, or as yeah. like transitional songs, you know, like before. Because if you think about it, a lot of these breakdowns have like little hints at the fact that they are anticipating that they'll be playing it live, you know. And so like, it's almost like you hear on the album crowd service. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I felt like I I think I I recognize that. Um, I recognize that as one of those songs. So, or at least that's, I, I thought about that aspect when I was listening to this song. Yeah. So. I, just, I don't know to what extent they played that one live. I, I think, I know they did for a little bit, but they've since replaced it with like other songs. Like, I think that that very much takes the spot of like where second sucks would fit right. in their set list now. Not, I don't know if you know the song offhand, but. Well, and, you know, and, people don't yeah. know what people will like, which songs people exactly. latch onto when right. they're writing it you know so they go all right let's let's write a couple for the crowds a couple for us a couple that are like melodic um you know things like that um yeah but um yeah so do you want to transition to the yeah carter? So let's, let's, talk, let's talk about wheezy baby the carter wheezy f baby fuck so i have one Tunchi. oh shit i just I just realized that his newest album is called What's a Goon to a Goblin, and that's a Carter Three reference. Yeah. Yep. Oh, is it is it remixes? Because he's got six foot, seven foot on yeah. there. Yeah. Yep, yep. Ah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, I have one question going into the Carter Three. Sure. About the Carter Three in general. 
Uh, I, you know, we talked about it with Homesick, but this was 2008. I was 10, mm-hmm. so you were probably 12 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you know offhand how popular Lil Wayne was with the general public? He and was, then also, and then also with like the rap community before Carter Three. Yeah. So, Lil Wayne was, I think. So it's my understanding. Like I said, this is this is trying to recall the state of when I first heard it and what I know. But as far as as far as I know, um, he was like he was kind of known for this this a certain style of of rap before he developed as a as a solo artist and started releasing these solo albums the cart you know the carters because before that he had um he had a career that was i think sounded a lot different like when you hear some of his earlier stuff it's almost like we're talking about on like carter one and two or even before that before that like when he was with hot boys and you know uh he these other like hip hop groups, it almost sounded like they were like, um, like, let me, let me, let me give an example. So his, if you go back and listen to his, his first solo album, the block is hot. You're like, okay, this, this is made for like clubs. It's not meant for somebody to be listening to in their car or like on their own with a headset in or like, you know, uh, with like earbuds in, like it was like right. they they were making rap music as groups, as um, you know, because he was with Juvenile. Um, yeah, so it, it was for other. yeah for for the club and kind of for that scene, not for the radio. Right, and oh yeah, that's the other thing. Like he, he, they they were definitely, and, and it kind of makes sense because if you think about the time period, um, he started his solo career in 2004, and then the Carter came out in like 2005. And then the Carter Three came out in 2010. This is a progression of where Carter people, Three was 08 from or, yeah, sorry, Car- Carter Three yeah, was 08. Yeah. Um, this was a progression where people started to download music from iTunes and things like that. Uh, and so, like, you, like your yeah. cons- the general public's consumption of rap music was broadened. It wasn't like you had to be in those clubs. You have to be listening to those hip hop and R and B radio stations in urban centers to hear, you know, rap music. You could hear it when you download it for 99 cents off the iTunes store. Um, and so you kind of, I guess you kind of started to see like hip hop and rap music become divorced from the culture for a lot of people. Yeah. And so he started developing himself because before he was, and, he, and literally, you can see this in his, like, aesthetic change. Because before, he was, like, in kind of m- mimicking the, the culture of the group that he was in, Hot Boys. Um, even post that, when he he released his first album, Block is Hot, like, he was very much uh, gangster rap and was not known at that point to be the lyricist that people recognize him to be nowadays. Um and he certainly wasn't yeah. hopping on a track with uh, Jay Z. You know what I mean? He was, he was more of this kind of like Southern rap club, you know, because he's from New Orleans. But he he would kind of do a circuit, I assume, of popularity throughout the South in Atlanta, Houston, um, and so these 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 club scenes kind of transitioned once he started releasing his solo album and proving himself to be like 
it's not he he was he was not oh that rapper from hot boys he was became little wayne was in hot boys i didn't i didn't know that you know what i mean yeah it's uh it's fergie yeah fergie and the black eyed peas exactly yeah, but um, to a much to much greater extent, I would argue. Could you mean? Could you? Could you? Could you imagine that collaboration, Fergie and Lil Wayne? Uh, yeah, pretty easily. <laughs> um, Fucking why not at this yeah. point? Um, so, go ahead. Yeah. Any? Sorry. No, I, I didn't have anything. I was going to go into it if you were. Um. So I I wanted to ask your uh, your opinion on it. Um, w- what did you think? Because I think this was like the first like bass booming mixture of club music like i think that you like the carter three has that you know his historical club vibe but also has good lyrical songs um and I, so I don't want i'm to... gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give a very broad overreaching opinion and i want you to tell me if if i'm on base with what you thought i was gonna think and then with what you think personally okay i think that there's 16 songs on here. I think that a lot of this album is hot garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that a lot of this album is very, very good. Yeah. A lot of what is very good, I get it. It's not for me. There is, a, But there is still a lot on here that I did genuinely like. Okay. Um, when you, you keep talking about his lyricism and, you know, him being known as, like, a lyric writer, there's also kind of two sides to this album that aren't, necessarily lining up with what i think is good and bad i think that there's good and bad in in both of these sides but there's kind of the like there are songs like like mrs officer right which are just like i it was the only song i never finished i I had to skip it every single time because it's just like i fucking get it i get the joke right i like it should have it should have cut out as soon as he said all she wants me to do is fuck the police that should have been the bit it should have stopped right so there's these songs like that and like lollipop where it's like very heavy-handed like metaphors it's very like fuck bitches get money look at how sick i am right and then there's songs like uh like three pete to some extent there's songs like dr carter to some extent definitely songs like um i mean i think most of the back half uh even like la la or definitely don't get it and you ain't got nothing but i think kind of la la that kind of stuff let the beat build to some extent mm-hmm. where He's doing a much more serious, not always introspective, but a more observational, more commentary kind of approach. Right. And I do think that some of that stuff can be a little, you know, some of that stuff goes on for a little bit too long, but I do think a lot of that stuff was more what I gravitated towards. Yeah. So when people think about the Carter Three, you know, people our age were like, oh, dude, Carter Three was awesome. Junior High ruled. Right. I love Lil Wayne's lyrics. Like, are they talking about Lollipop or are they talking about Don't Get It? Because I have to assume they're talking about Lollipop, you know? They, so here's here's my thing. There's two sides, and this is one thing I wanted to, to introduce as part of just before we dive into, like, songs specifically. This album kind of shows two sides of Lil Wayne, if not three, right? Right. One thing about Lil Wayne is that he has the facade, and it's almost, it seems a weird it's almost seems weird for me to say facade because I truly think it's like not, it's not fake at all, but he, at the, especially at this time, is this going to be like that shit where you find out two chains has a degree, right? No, (laughs) he just did not. He did not give a fuck. He is a silly rapper, rapper, like to have a good time. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting was that like, I 
I had that suspicion. He's also super Just, horny. Like, oh yeah, right. No, we're gonna get. Actually, I have, actually have some, I have some very nuanced thoughts on Lil Wayne's horniness okay. that I, I really want to get into. Okay. But what um, I thought was interesting is that like I, I assumed he was gonna be tongue in cheek. Yeah. I, because you hear all these all these dumb fucking Lil Wayne bars talking about like right. G's moving in silence like lasagna, which right. like I get the joke, but it's a dumb fucking line, right? Right. I was like, there's no, there is absolutely no way that someone can be that dumb, genuinely. And have the career that he has. Because he makes insane moves, right? Right. So I, I knew that he was like kind of tongue-in-cheek. So my question then became, is he playing 4D chess? And has found out a way to, to kind of get the respect of you know OG rap fans with his more lyrical, straightforward stuff. While also finding out a way to like express himself and be fun. Or is he just like lazy? He can write better stuff. He just refuses to. And... I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it is so wild to me that, like, the keystone for that argument comes in this 10-minute-long behemoth of a track right at the end of the album, right. and it removes any doubt that he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, right. it is, it is like, like maybe I'm, reading too, maybe I'm giving too much credit, but, like, to, to basically say some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life, and then at the end, cap it with don't get it, and, like, right. make me feel bad about it, unreal. Right. Yeah. Unreal move. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, he... So, so one other thing I was... <laughs> yes. Don't Get It, amazing song. Long song. Felt like he almost, like... I, I don't know. You know, artists don't record songs in chronological order. Like, they, it's not like they go, all right, track right, one, exactly. boom. Right, track exactly. Track two. It's just... It, it makes me wonder, like, at what point of writing that album did he write some of these songs? Because... You know, yeah. when when he wrote just Kush, right? Like obviously he was smoking, but like he didn't go into this album thinking like I would, I would write Kush or like whip it. You know what I mean? Uh, are those on this album? What? Oh, uh, sorry, I'm looking at deluxe deluxe version. Um, I was like, oh shit. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's let's look at the the one that you listen to. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, like phone home. Um, Dude, like, phone home. So fucking annoying. Yeah, like he, I don't. I'm curious. I would love to know the true chronological order in which he wrote this, because yeah, it I makes wasn't me what, think what order he, he wrote them in and what order he tracked them in for sure. It, it makes me think, you know, in in my mind's like in my imagination, he came in and like wrote, you know, uh, a Millie. You know, that was kind of like the thing that kicked it off. He, you know, had some bars in a milli. He wrote Mr. Carter, you know, with uh, this long-awaited collaboration between, you know, this New York giant and, you know, him being like an up-and-coming southern giant. Um, and yeah. then just got extremely horny. Wrote all the songs that involved eating pussy and fucking police officers. Then got really high felt really hazy after being really high, wrote all the other garbage, and then got back to the to the workshop and really started to hit home some of these other, like, lyrical... And then wrote, yeah, wrote, let the beat build, you ain't got nothing and don't get it. Right. So, <laughs> it's kind of a roller coaster in a way. So, real quickly, I want to call out one line from Let the Beat Build. Okay. Just before I forget about it. There's a line in Let the Beat Build where he says... No, let me control F it. Yeah. He says, uh, actually, I guess there's no other context, but the line is approving million dollar deals from my iPhone. Obviously, it's a flex, and right. that's fine. Right. 
when you hear this song, when you, when you hear this line in 2020, you're like, oh, dude, that's so sick. He's talking about how he doesn't give a shit. He signed so many million-dollar deals that he's just doing it on his phone, not thinking about it. And then you remember it came out in 2008, and the actual flex is just that he has an iPhone. Yeah, that he, yeah. so not only is he, is he signing deals, but he's signing it on something that, like, no one had. Right. You know like, it's just, it's just so funny that, like, it should have dated it, but it, like, just kind of works now. Because, like, oh, he's, right. like, you know, he's signing deals on the toilet or whatever. But, like, nah, man, he was, like, check out the fucking iPhone. Right. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's It's interesting. What Okay, so let me ask you this question. What was your favorite track and your least favorite track? Um, I liked Don't Get It a lot. It definitely is a standout, but, I mean, it's 10 minutes. I don't know if I can go back to it that much. Um, I like You Ain't Got Nothing, but the note that I have in that, and I'm remembering it now, it's a good track, but I think he's only on, like, a third of it. Like, it's, it's features, but it just feels like he kind of split it with two other people and he's right. also he doesn't do the intro like it starts off with a feature right so it's kind of a you know a, a weirder one but i did like that one a lot um i liked lala um i liked let the beat build but the only comment i have for let the beat build is is that the piano from the peanuts christmas special <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> i like tie my hands a lot too yeah you least favorite I like uh, least favorite, um, either phone, phone home or, or Mr. Op- Mrs. Mrs. Officer. Officer. Dude, phone home is so fucking annoying. Yeah. It is un- unreal. Dude, unreal. The thing I always think about with Little Wayne is... Ex- and what's, what's crazy is, like, I don't know if that... I, I'm not convinced that that's, like, a sample that they repeated. I think he said phone home that many times. Right. <laughs> like, the thing I think about with Little Wayne is I think that he is, like... If like he as a rapper is like that kid with extremely bad ADHD. Yep. Where they do stuff that is like you didn't you can't understand how it could be so annoying. And then they also do feats of like attention and discipline that like baffle you because of the what other shit that they do. Is it's they they pull you know, they it's like when you, yeah, it's because they're stoned all the time, right? right? You know, you get really high and you're like, I'm ordering at Taco Bell. I need to have every muscle in my body focus on this one task and then I can die for the right. rest of the evening. Right. It's just funny. It's just, he, he's a little scattered, but he's also like, I think the reason I wanted you to listen to this is because I don't think that you really, I don't think you get Little Wayne and I don't think you like, I don't think you like, let me put it to you this way. There's a lot of people that if you don't like Lil Wayne, they'll be like, oh, well, you just don't, like, get it, right? And I feel like having not listened to a lot of it, you haven't even gotten the chance to get it or not get it yet or form an opinion. And I feel like yeah. of the Carter albums, I feel like the third one is intermittent, like, like in the intermediate one where before he was, like, still on that group vibe you know the old little wayne versus the new little wayne you know some people oh i like the old little wayne or like oh the old little wayne was like too clubby you know or whatever i feel like the third one has songs that you could hear at a strip club or you could be sitting in your car smoking a blunt and just like chilling and listening to it by yourself so yeah no there's a there's a big variety i I do think that 
if it had only been one kind of sound throughout the whole thing, I don't even know what it would have had to be to keep my attention. But it, right. I didn't. I I think I I, I got. I think I got through like two sittings the first time, but I don't think it was, it was just because of time. Right. But like, I didn't have to like take a break and be like, Jesus Christ, and then right. get back into it. You know, right. uh, it definitely kept my attention. It was, it was, it was always right. Was I was starting to be like, all right, enough of this. It would change mm-hmm. with the exception of being Mrs. Officer. Right. <laughs> it's just, um, there's, yeah. it's almost like he's, he's a good analogy where it's like, if you find those horny songs really annoying, it's like, do we get it? It kind of is an analogy to how, like how people get when they're really horny. Where it's just Dude. like redundant and like, you know, Pussy Monster really is the funniest shit yeah. of all yeah. time. Cause, dude, it's called Pussy Monster. Right. It's about eating pussy. That's it. And he still has to clarify that you gotta feed him pussy because he's not sure you're gonna get the Cookie right. Monster reference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he just, man, he likes what he likes. Let me hear your nuanced <laughs> opinion about his horniness, like his sex drive. Well, what my nuanced opinion is that so this is this is two thousand and eight, right? Yeah. This is like this is I think the absolute peak of like being gay in hip hop is the absolute worst thing you can be, right? Right. So it is kinda interesting to me that oh no, I had no, I had the Yeah, 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 yeah. Is is on it's on Lollipop, which quick aside, uh how exactly does one make their dick juicy? Uh, that was a technique I never quite mastered. They didn't show me that in my Taekwondo class. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I assume it's something to akin to wet ass pussy. Is um, it like a like a juicy drop pop? You just have like a little bottle, just reapplying. No, maybe, right. maybe. So, so dip it there's in a like line water. in there's a line in Lollipop about where is it? Yeah, it's about there's in one of the verses he talks about giving and getting head. Like it literally is like give and getting head, and I think that that's a weirdly interesting choice because right. I feel like 2008 hip hop, it was very much like you know, fuck you, fuck bitches, get money, suck right. my dick, I'm the best, I'm you know, blow me while I'm counting my money, right. and for him to be like, nah, please, like, ma'am, may I have a crumb? <laughs> it's yeah, so, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, to be like into reciprocity. Like, oh, dude, I get blowjobs, and I don't, you know, like I don't, like I get head from my girl, but like, you know, I'm not, I'm not reciprocating. I don't have time for that. And he's like, no, like I, I will have an encounter with a stripper that's only me eating her pussy, and I will pay her. Yeah, and it's an interesting choice, you know, when the rest of of the hip hop community was very much on some Ben Shapiro shit yeah. with that, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It, that like it literally like caught me off guard for. 12 years ago for him to be like, nah, man, like it is like, it, it, it's, is it reading into it too much to say that this confirms he's literally just horny and it's not a power thing? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like he straight up is just like, she's just horny. The, the number one rule about little Wayne is like some of his stuff is just surface level. Like it is what it is. Don't read into it. He's making a song about, smoking weed there's no there's no greater context there's no you know greater like commentary about his career it's not you know he's not slipping in like one or two bars that show his lyrical prowess on this song when he's making right it is it is not uh, these it is not these walls by kendrick you know it's not some weird greater metaphor but what i think is that like what, what stands out to me is that even when he's doing that 
yeah, it's like he takes it even more surface level than like other rappers at the surface level, you know? Right. Because it's like other rappers will be like, I'm going to the strip club to, you know, to flex, roll deep, you know, throwing hella racks or whatever. Right. And Lil Wayne's like, I'm going to the strip club because I like strippers. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, it's not saying, he's not saying I'm going to the strip club because I have the ability to because I am rich <laughs> right. and like, all this stuff and this is my No, lifestyle. he's like, hey, man, did you hear they got titties in there? Right, right. <laughs> Unreal. Like, and he's like, dude, like when I'm wearing my Air Force Ones, I am at nipple height. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just really. That, know, that that really stood out to me for it being, like, off of the back of the bling era in two thousand eight. You know. I gotcha. Yeah. It was an interesting one. Yeah. Um. That was. I'm trying to think of where else I have. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, uh, the biggest single off this album is it a Millie or is it Lollipop? You think? Uh, Millie. Well, oh man, I don't know. Hold on, let me let me look at the let me look at the numbers real quick just to see because Off my of, uh... my my thought is a milli, but that probably could just be my middle school locker room. Complex. A milli has more genius. Okay, look, I don't know if that fucking means anything. Right. Oh yeah, a milli, a milli is at two ninety three, lollipops at two thirty seven. Okay. I mean, so they're pretty well, equal. They're both like one for the guys, one for the girls, maybe. <laughs> like I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah, for all the dudes to listen to Lollipop and just be horny together. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Uh, I liked Amelie, I guess. Kinda. It 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 really started to get into that like semantic satiation territory where having like a sa- a vocal sample in the beat that repeats that often just like kind of got to me after a minute, you know. You also have to. One thing about Amelie is that it is like it set the precedent like it is it is what people use to test car stereos yeah no i mean all the all the notes i have on it are on the beat right but it just i don't know it, it kind of repeats which is fine but it repeats it like the same kind of okay this is a very specific thing but it repeats at the same kind of rate and there's this like snare sample that's placed within the beat in such a way that all of my conditioning from the other music that i listen to would lead me to believe that there's like a beat switch coming right. or some kind of a tempo change or oh, something. It yeah, just yeah. never comes, right? Yeah. But there's like this kind of constant I don't even let me see if I can if I can listen to it real quick and get a better way to describe it. But it almost kinda of reminds me of like a like an EDM snare. Mm-hmm. But it's just kinda of, just kinda of keeps going. So give me one second. Here we go. That's what it yeah, it, it's like right when you um when it's about to yeah, it hits like a halfway through the verse every time. And there is like a beat switch. I will say that that's like where the 808s come in. But I just, when it does it in the third verse for the third time, it's like, okay, is it going to be like another beat switch? And it just, it never comes. Which isn't really a criticism on the song. It just, yeah. to me, it, it started to make it kind of, I was all too aware of how long this song was. I'll put it that way. Right. Um. Okay, I mean, I so how would you rate it? Let's let's rate both of our albums out of ten. Yeah, um, as a rap album or as an album overall, I, I think when you take into account how much variety there is here, and yes, there's some variety in quality. I still think it's probably at like a seven or an eight. Okay, okay. For for me, it's more like a six. 
Okay, yeah, so so what you... Okay, so I, I want to know your... Since this, so the point yeah, of what so, we're doing, I want to know your evaluation. Right. Yeah, for me, it's it's like a five or a six, five or six as an album, for sure. The songs that I like, I do I like thought, a lot. To be honest, after, after um, kind of assigning it, it, I thought... See, but this is like... People say this all the time, and they just say it to mean that they don't like it, but this right. is probably genuinely the best example of like i appreciate it and get what it's going for but it's not for me okay but like that is the truest i can be is that like there's a lot on here where i'm like damn i like like there's a lot of songs where i listened to it and i thought i'd heard it before but then i realized that i just heard everything that sounds like it mm-hmm. you know like i think got money is like a good example of like oh yeah kind of setting the stage for like the same T-Pain feature that everyone would fucking pay him to do after that song came out, you know? Right. I gotcha. But for me, yeah, five, five or six, probably. Okay. Homesick for me, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very much at, you know, the kind of Fantano, uh, a five is true neutral, you know, and a, and a six is a good album type of Yeah, scale. and for me, definitely five, six. Yeah. For, um, for... I would say for me, Homesick is probably like an eight. Truly, I thought it was. I think it's. I not, actually, it cut out. It cut out when he said the rating. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's an eight, for me. Eight, yeah. nice. Because it's. Eight. It is not good. I think it's great. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I think with rap being so large and nebulous, it's like harder to point towards those right. like cornerstone albums. But with right. like ironing in as close as like warp tour era metalcore it's like you can you can get it down to like a list of five or six pretty easily okay so i think it's less i don't know if you've been creating this in any sort of uh uh system but i feel like with you and me and like me analyzing your kind of path through diving into rap and hip-hop music i've i've come to this matrix that i'm I'm considering and it's kind of, yeah. Like, I, li- I literally have like a decision tree. I'm about to ask you yeah, some questions. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, so, so I have, I have a matrix one of, you know, one side being new and old, like newer, I'll say, uh, yeah. Last after, three years or yeah. Like or, after you know, 2015, yeah, before yeah. 2015. Yeah. Um, and surface level or lyrical exercise. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, perfect. Um, we did newer lyrical. We did literally like both opposites. We did newer lyrical and we did like more classic surface level. Right. So let's go uh, Let's go newer surface level. Newer surface level. Okay, I got it. Because I think that's probably the least of what I've heard, you know, because like older, more lyrical, I feel like that kind of stuff gets brought up all the time. Okay. Do you, do you know what album? Uh, yes. Um, I want to I want to answer your questions first though. Okay, so this is it's a little less of a matrix, but the the first thing is you know do you want something that's kind of newer or a little bit more classic? Classic would be like 2010, so let's not get right. carried away. But you know, right. do um, you want an album where people are gonna be like, holy fuck, you haven't heard blank, or do you want something that's kind of the last couple of years? I want something last couple of years. Okay, so re- and then more recent. The like, let me question, let me put it. Let me give you a good metric. Um, yeah. Something that has come out since I've gotten into it. Okay, yeah. Um, the next question is kind of harder to answer with like a yes or a no, but we could try to go down the same path as getting you something that's not like Homesick, but that I think has the same kind of qualities of like 
you know, these, these super fun, kind of fast-paced, heavy verses, these giant, huge choruses, um, but not going to sound like Homesick. It's not going to have that pop-punk edge, but it's going to be a little bit more of a, of a standard representation of, like, what most people think of when they think of metalcore. Mm-hmm. Or we can go a little bit heavier, a little bit less clean, and kind of go in one of two directions. But I'll let you answer if you want to go... If you, basically, do you want to keep the mix of heavy and melodic as homesick, or do you want to switch it one way or the other? I want to, <clears throat> I want to switch it to the heavier side. Newer, heavier, less known band. Okay, newer, heavier, less known band. Um, I got a couple options I'm thinking of. Do you want something that's going to be like heavy for the sake of heavy? You know, still going to have decent lyrics, but you know, it's it's more of like a like a gym fuel ass beater kind of thing or you know more that way or more lyrical introspective lyrical introspective okay i'm 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 taking a big a big ask for you okay because if you don't like the album it's gonna hurt my feelings on a personal level (laughs) Uh uh-oh here we go but i would i think you yeah It'll be an interesting conversation if not, but I, I think you should listen to Nothing Left to Love by Counterparts. Okay. Because I think that there's enough there to keep it from, to keep it from, it, 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 there's enough there to keep it from falling into that, like, muddy, so heavy it's just noise. Right, or, you know. And the lyrics are fantastic. Okay, cool. Okay. So, that's mine. For yours, the doctor is prescribing. Uh, the 2016 release by Travis Scott, Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight. Okay. 2016 Travis Scott. Okay. That is, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I don't even think I can, I, I literally don't think I've heard any of these songs. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, okay. Like, World became a meme. Right, yeah, because, you, know I mean? you know, fucking... Astro World became a meme, and then he had that McDonald's mixtape. Right. <laughs> uh, if anything, the ones that you probably have heard, or the one that you probably have heard, is Goosebumps. If any of them, uh, like you, you may quick. listen to Goosebumps and be like, "Oh, I've heard. I've literally been in an atmosphere where that was playing." Uh, I don't think I've heard it. Just from just from clipping through it real quick. Yeah. Um. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Nothing Left to Love will be good because it's it's got, a, you know, there's a, there's a lot of lyrics there, but it's not, eh, I don't want to speak out of tune. I don't think it's as emotionally heavy as some of their other albums. Right. Uh, but the other thing is that it's it's nice and short. It's only a half hour, so you can actually, like, kind of get more into the lyrics. Is it, will it be a good introduction to Counterparts? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because that's what yeah. I've been. That's kind of what I've been aiming to do recently, is get into counterparts. Because you've berated me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep assaulting you with well, counterparts. It's, it's kind of you know, it's kind of funny. It would be like, you know, like I really like classic rock, uh, you know, and I really, you know, I'm really impressed when I hear like drummers that like do like complicated beats. Um, but I also want to hear stuff that, like, you know, is, like, fun and you can listen to and it's, like, doesn't take a refined ear to hear. And I also want to be, like, reminded of my dad. No, I've never heard of Led Zeppelin. It's right. Like, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like, dude, <laughs> like, I keep right. saying so, so I like we... elements of other bands and songs. Right. 
that yeah, you're like, you're how like, is I just, this? Yeah, I like, uh, you know, I just like the more hardcore leaning stuff, but not to the point where it's like beat down, like fucking counterparts. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also like, right. you know, I really like it when bands have like amazing merch, you know, that's actually style, like stylish. Dude, and their merch. <laughs> oh God, the merch. It's just streetwear. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's. Well, I will, I will get back to you in one week with my thoughts on the Travis Scott meal. I'm curious <laughs> to know what your takeaway is from, from counterparts. Yeah. Um, All right. I'll okay. see you then. Yep. Sounds good.